are live. Uh, this is Talking Shop, and my name is Teresa Reed. I am known as the Tarot Lady. For those of you who are new to my world, you can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. And I'd love to introduce my very awesome co-host, Miss Brianna Saucy. Bree, say hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We are delighted to have you all and delighted to be talking to our special guest tonight. I am Brianna Saucy, and you can find me at briannasaucy.com. That is B-R-I-A-N-A-S-A-U-S-S-Y.com. Welcome. I am so so happy to hear your voice. I just got back from an amazing journey at a tarot conference in New York, and so I'm still basically settling back in here. Bree, how are you doing? I am doing really, really well, but I want to hear, you have to give us, just like, give us a little taste of how this tarot conference was. You were a main stage presenter, which is a huge honor. Tell us a little bit about it. Inquiring minds want to know. Sure, I was a main stage presenter at the annual Reader Studio, which is uh, Reader Studio, which is an event that is thrown by the Tarot School, and they just do a phenomenal job. It's one of the biggest industry events, if not the biggest one. Uh, there were like 200 people at this event, so it was a pretty big deal. And Ruthanna Wald Amberstone just takes such good care, not just of the presenters, but also the people who show up there. You know, if you're a Tarot person, this really is the industry, the, the industry event that you want to go to. And long story short, I, I had to deliver a talk with some very aggravating technical issues. I'm going to write all about it on my blog. I don't want to like use up our time talking about it. But uh, I got up there and I really rocked it and nailed it despite that stuff. Because you know what, Breed, that is what pros do. It means that we show up, we show up 100% for our peeps, even if it means things aren't perfect. And so that's that's what I did. Yes, you brought your A game. I love it. I did. And you know that's that leads really beautifully into the show that we're talking about today. You know, sometimes getting out there and really standing out and being yourself and presenting yourself. I think especially in the metaphysical industry, it doesn't matter if you're on stage or if you're doing a podcast like we're doing here or if you have a website or a storefront. You know, sometimes getting out there and really being you isn't really easy to do. Right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, and Absolutely. you came up with the idea for this show, Name and Claim Your Gift, which is really all about, you know, stopping from hiding, about being your authentic self, and about coming out of that, the woo closet, the tarot closet, the broom closet, whatever closet you're in, you know, um, really letting that freak flag fly. <laughs> I almost said yes. fly. That's really hard to say. You know, it, it's not easy, and um, uh, one of those things is that I, I think as for me as an introvert, it's often very hard to do that, but as I've learned from this weekend's event, uh, I can get up there and do it no matter what. So this That's is right. a really important show. Yeah. So tell me about, before we introduce our fabulous guest, name and claim your gift, tell me real quick, Bree. Um, what it means for you to really be out there and be yourself in your business. I mean, you're in a really, you know, off-the-beaten-path business. You're a root worker. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know, I part of the reason why I wanted to do this particular show is because I, in the presentations that I've done and the classes I have taught, I have seen a lot of shame around this particular issue. And I wrote a blog post about a year ago, talking about the term sacred artist, which is the term that I finally settled on for myself. And it's one of the most popular posts that I've written. And a lot of people contact me and ask me if they can call themselves sacred artists. Like, and of course the answer is yes. You know, like I'm, this, this is not like a trademarked uh, word or, or a title. But um, in the blog post, I talk about the names that we have tried on and the names that don't fit and the names that other people have given us in our sacred work and in our practices that, that help us connect to what has meaning 
and what has truth and what has goodness for us and how those are things that we should never be made to feel ashamed of and yet many, many of us have been made to feel ashamed of them. And I come out of a family where a lot of these practices and traditions are the norm. And so I came at it from a really different place. And I think because I was blessed to come at it from a different place, I saw how and continue to see how my family sticks out in a lot of ways. But I also saw how there was a kind of freedom in being able to practice your magical, sacred traditions openly and really braid them into your life and not be made to feel ashamed about them. And I think I've told the story before, but my son, who's four, goes to a day school, and it's an Episcopalian uh, day school that is affiliated with the university that's in our neighborhood. And the first year he was there, they had a silent auction, and they came to all the parents, and they said, well, you know, would you uh, donate something for the silent auction? And, I, and, you know, what's your talent? And I said, well, sure. I said, my talent is I'm a turbo reader and I'm a ritualist. So I was like, I'm happy to donate a turbo reading and a devotional candle. And they were so open and warm and accepting, and it was a real reminder to me to not assume that you know what someone's reaction is going to be when you claim your name and you stand in your truth. And so for all of those reasons, I felt like this was essential. And then when we talked about it, we just knew, knew who we had to bring on. Right. And <laughs> we've got the absolute perfect person. And we have so many questions, <coughs> Leah. Um, I'm going to tell you who she is in just a second. I don't even know if we're going to get to all of our questions today. But uh, we have the gal who's going to give you guys a lot of really good answers and a real good pep talk. We're going to be talking to Leah Shapiro of LeahShapiro.com. Leah's a life coach, and she specializes in helping people in all kinds of industries really find the courage to speak their truth, to live their dreams, and to let those freak flags fly at full mast. You know, she's working with all kinds of people, helping them to expand their businesses, and start new projects, and, and just really shift their energy. So she's the right gal for this for this job. Leah, thank you so much for being here tonight. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I secretly wanted to be on your show for a very long time, so this is, like, extremely delightful for me. <laughs> we are so honored, and we're so happy you're here. And we must have been feeling that vibe, you know? It's kind of like we're, like, tapping into each other's world, so it's exciting. Yeah. So right let's on. start out with a question. So, Bree, what what should we ask her first? Well, I think that we have to start with this, this bugaboo word, authenticity, because it is such a popular word. We hear it all the time. So what does it mean, and why is it so important in our life and in our business? Tell us, Leah, tell us. <laughs> well, I, I think it's funny how like the word authenticity gets batted around like it's something that like you can do, you know, like oh, I'm going to go be authentic today. Like like yeah. you have to try to do it. <laughs> yeah. When, I'm going to go write a really authentic blog post today. <laughs> yeah. And that's like going to guarantee that you're not going to write an authentic blog post like <laughs> Because, like, authenticity is really, like, giving yourself permission to be who you are and just, like, without editing, without, um, like, trying to, like, m like worry about what other people are going to think, without um, worrying if you're going to be judged. It's just, like, letting yourself flow freely out, your being come out. And uh, I think it's really important to, to, to be who you are because, like, that's what we're here to do, like, in my mind. Like, yeah. we're all each a part of the big cosmic puzzle. <laughs> like, we all have, you know, something here to offer that's different than everybody else. And in order to bring that forth and share it with the world, you have to be yourself. And so you have to be authentic, whatever that means. Uh -huh. You know, that that's yeah. that's really great. That's very clear. <clears throat> and I love that you coach people on being 
authentic and you coach them on being themselves. But I'd like you to share a story with us about a time when you were maybe fearful about letting your full self out, about letting your freak flag fly. Can you share something with our audience? Um, well, I think the the overarching thing for me around being myself and letting my freak flag fly is allowing myself to be vulnerable and for people mm-hmm. to see me being vulnerable and to admit that things are hard or challenging or that I'm not in an awesome mood every day. And, like, that's been, like, that's that's run through my whole entire life. And I've found that the more that I'm willing to show up and say, like, oh, wow, I'm having a hard time or I'm struggling with this or this is really, like, making me feel small, the more I'm willing to show up and communicate that and let people see me in that, but not in a victim-y kind of, like, oh, poor me, but like, wow, this is really hard, and I'm going to, like, do this instead, or I'm I'm having a hard time, and I'd like, like some support or some love or some advice. Like, the better I have been able to connect with people and people can relate to me, and the more I let people see who I am and be vulnerable and be willing to have to, for people to see the parts that aren't shiny and be willing to see um, places where I don't know the answer or I am afraid or feel, um, I don't want to use the word shame because that's not right, but feel like really, like, I don't know what you're going to think, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 easier it is, the stronger the connections that I have with people, the more people trust me and they show up that way with me, which forms deeper connection, which is forms deeper relationships, which, like, to me, that's what my business is about, and I think that's what life is about, right? So, like, so being vulnerable for me has been the the thing that's helped really helped me become more authentic. And right I think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think that for a lot of people, and I'm sure Bree can understand this, and I know, Leah, that you've worked with people in mystical types of careers, but I think, you know, in our industry, when people hear things like tarot reader, root worker, astrologer, professional witch, any of that stuff, you know, we take a lot of flack and we get a lot of misunderstanding from people about that. And I know I've taken that, you know, many times, even to this day, uh, when we were at this conference this weekend, there were some people who are not industry attenders, but um, who were also at the hotel, and they didn't even want to get into elevators with some of us because they uh, assumed tarot was some sort of a devilish career. So if you're not strong in your power, that can really affect how you feel about yourself. And, and Bree, has there ever been a time where, you know, you felt that in your work with people. Have you ever gotten any shades like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, especially because I have a background in, in classics. I have a background in philosophy. I have a real intellectual bent. And so, you know, for a long time, I kind of held the, you know, my group of friends that are more intellectual apart from the traditions I had grown up with and the fact that I had made this work my calling. And that, you know, and and it wasn't so much even that they were necessarily throwing shade at me as that I was, I assumed that they would. And, you know, some of them do. Some of them roll their eyes and think, oh, you know, she's just totally, like, flaky and loopy and whatever. But, you know, most of my friends who come from that more, academic background like absolutely love and support me no matter what I'm doing and they and a lot of them have really gotten into this because as we know like these are ancient traditions everything that we that we practice and there's a lot of information there's a lot of learning that happens and so you know I'm I think that often I can be my worst enemy when it comes to stuff like that 
um, making assumptions about people. And so I really try to, like, take those lessons when somebody responds in a way that I totally wasn't respect, expecting and, and pay attention to that and take that to heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I think both of us, all three of us, I don't know, Leah, you tell me if this is right, we do make those assumptions about what people think, don't we? Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. So how do you get over the what people think will think mindset? How do we get over that? That I mean, this holds so many of us back. I mean, even hearing Bree talk about this, how do we get over this? How do we transcend that type of thinking? What's your advice on that, Leah? I... Well, the first bit of advice is that, um, you know, you know, like what other people think isn't about you to begin with. It's about them and their perception of things, which even though you know that, like sometimes that softens the edges of of it all. And, you know, it's not about me, so so that's fine. But, like, the reality is we care what other people think. And if you, you know, you can take on the posture of, like, I don't give a, you know, bleep what anyone else thinks about me. I'm going to do what I want. But when you stand in that position, that's kind of like a warrior position and you're having a lot of walls around you to deflect all that energy and it's really hard to connect. So, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Or you can be someone who really cares about what other people think and you take it all in and you have no walls up and it's just all going right into your heart. And then it's really like... It's hard to do do your work. Like it's hard to live <laughs> because you become like a total people pleaser. You can't like you can't be who you are in that space. Mhm. And so, I think <coughs> there's a happy medium where you care about what people who mean something to you like think. Like those people like that you respect and love and have a good relationship with and you like the mirror, their mirror of you, what they reflect back, like those are the people that you go to for console or you you or you you care about what they think <laughs> and then like, you know, you talk to them, you sit with them and you take in whatever they have to say to you and then decide how that feels to you. But so so that's one way to hold it. But I think what it really comes down to is, like, for me at least, what I think is the most important thing. And for me, the most important thing is that I feel good about what I'm doing. And I feel good about how I'm living my life, and I feel good about what I'm putting out there. And as long as I make that the most important thing, then it doesn't matter to me as much what other people think. Because I'm clear on what I think and how I feel and what I want and what I'm doing. And the stronger I stand in that place and the more firmly I anchor myself down into my alignment with what I'm doing in the world, the the less that stuff matters to me. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. Super brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So... Kind of from that place of anchoring into yourself and getting really clear on your alignment, one of the places I think where we start to see how inability to form identity or to claim one's name gets becomes really staticky is that then you start to doubt your gifts. So maybe you're a really gifted tarot reader. We have a lot of audience members who are, and but you feel like you can't call yourself a tarot reader or a seer or an oracle, whatever whatever it is. And so then you and then right, it's kind of the cycle where then you start to doubt your gift, period. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you? How do you think that people can get clear on what their gifts really are so that they can have? that internal sense of alignment and really standing in their truth. Mm. Yeah. I know, we're hitting you with all the tough questions. Yeah, well, (laughs) no, like that question just like I just feel it so much in my center, in my heart, and like the energy is just like, whoa, when I I think about that, when you ask that, because 
You know, that is a hard question. And what it really comes down is, like, loving yourself and honoring yourself and giving yourself permission to be who you are. And the part of you that doesn't believe that you can call yourself a a tarot reader is the part that's fearful, right? The part that's worried that other people are going to not like you or that you're not good enough. That's all the fear, like that small part of you. Like it's just, it's not the truth, (laughs) but it's easy to buy into that, right? Um, But the part of you that, like, that feels expansive when you're doing this, like when it feels like when you're doing a reading and you just feel totally tapped in and alive and on fire and you just know like you're open and it feels good and you know like, wow, like this is what I want to do. Like that's the part of you that's real, like that's true, that's really connecting to who you are. And that's the part where the alignment is. That's where your resonance with your your higher self and what you're doing in the world is. Like that's the part to listen to. And so it's really about making a choice. It's about making a choice to honor that part of you and to to build up the story that surrounds it, like to to love yourself in that space and ways to do that so that you can kind of crowd out that part of you, that small part that's afraid or that doesn't mm. want to own it, you know. So like what I have my clients do is do daily yums, a practice I've created that's all about appreciation, loving yourself. Like, what are you appreciate, appreciating by yourself? About yourself? What are you appreciating about your life? What are you rocking out? What do you like? Really want more of? And it's just feeding that part of you every day, because we don't. Let's face it. Not many of us are taught to pay attention and own how awesome we are. That's not. Yeah. Like, we're taught to, like, get do what our parents say or, like, try to fit in and to, like, you, we're always worried about everything and, like, all the messages we get from the media and uh, the world around us, like, that we're not good enough, like, we're too weird, especially if you're, like, you know, not a mainstream kind of person. Like, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> and so, like, all the messages we've been getting, like, tell us that there's something wrong with us or weird about us or off about us, you know, so it's... It's hard to like trust and love yourself. It's it's hard. It's it's not what you're taught, and so you basically kind of like, need to like rework that, and and give yourself as I said, give yourself permission to like to to own your gifts and shine bright and have this awesome thing that you do, like to own it and to feel good about it, and then and also to just amplify that self love by turning your focus to it. And what and what works and what feels good and what you want to do more of, and like paying attention to the like re- the response you get from the people that you're doing this work with, you know, to really look at that because it exists, it exists in your world too, just like the fear does. So turn the focus towards the good reality. I like to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. have you ever, have you ever read the book, um, the Fifth Sacred Thing by Starhawk? No. Yeah, I have. And, you know, like, they talk about, there's, like, a couple different parts in it where they talk about, like, they're on this journey and, like, there's, like, it can go to the good reality or the bad reality. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, and it's, like, really all about, like, focusing on the good reality, how you want it to be, how, like, everything's unfolding in this magical way that totally lifts you up and supports you. And, or you could focus on all the horrible things that could happen. And, and to me, this is like one of those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy to focus on that negative stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that sometimes my brain goes there. Mm-hmm. And being in a weird career, which I even shouldn't even say this. Well, it is a weird career. I mean, I'm doing weird work. I'm doing something that is not a normal job. And I, I got to tell you guys, my mom was more even though she had nothing against tarot, my family was very into the whole idea of intuition and omens and all of that stuff. And no problem with me playing with cards when I was a teenager, but when I started doing this as work, um, they became very very embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. But what often mm-hmm. happened 
is I found out when people would ask my mother, well, what's Teresa doing? And I said, oh, she works for a corporation. <laughs> now, anybody in my family who does know me knows one thing is that I'm an anarchist. Why would I be working for a corporation, right? So it was just really bizarre that she would do that. So, you know, sometimes that would make me then feel really inhibited about really telling people this is what I do. So, you know, in situations like that, Leah, let's say me and Bree are not getting support from our family, we're in a weird career, how do we share our work when we've got people around us, the people who love us the most, not supporting it and we're afraid of what they think or what their friends are going to think? How do you share your work like that under those circumstances? It really comes back to making that choice to honor what you feel called to do and putting what feels right to you above and above everything. And not in a selfish, like, screw you kind of way, but in a, like, this is my work. This is important to me. And um, to, to make that the most important thing. Um, I think that a lot of resistance comes like when you're dealing with family stuff, when, when you're like your family's not supporting you and then you're defensive and pushing back against them. Mm-hmm. And so there's like becomes this big resistance, like this wall and this, like there's a lot of pressure both ways. And it's like, like it's hard to, to do anything in that space. It just is, becomes conflict. Right. But if you like own, just take the, position of okay like I get that you're not supporting me in this but this is important to me and you turn towards the people who will support you in it like because it's really all about the energy you're putting out Mm -hmm. and like and I think this piece is really important if you feel like you're doing some weird business weird job that like you need to like like justify and explain and and like because it's weird and and you feel like bad about doing it or there's something in you that feels like oh no one's going to get this there it's going to be um like everyone's going to judge me it's going to be really hard i'm never going to make any money doing this then that's what you're putting out into the world around what you're doing like that's the energy you're sending out and by the nature of the universe that's energy you're going to get back right that's going to it's a big mirror just going to reflect it right back at you and that's what you're going to experience it's going to be hard to see anything different but if you like you know hold it in a way that you know you you feel good about what you're doing and you feel good about doing it and then you look for that like a mirror of that energy it's going to be easier to put your work out there because you're you're like the energy behind it is in alignment with what you want to create. And I think when we're like, dealing with a lot of conflict and trying to explain ourselves and like trying to convince other people that what we're doing is worth something and is right, then that's like a wonky place to be standing because that's what you're sending out about your work. So I think like you don't you don't try to convince somebody else that what you're doing is valid. You trust that the stronger signal you send out about what you're up to the 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 easier it's going to be pe- for people to to resonate with what you're doing to find you like that's the whole idea behind flying your freak flag high and proud you own who you are you feel good about what you're doing you put it out there you show up you be you you're sending your your freak flag like the people who are looking for it can see it it's clearly up there like the energy you're sending out around it is clear and clean and it's going to attract back the people who vibe with what what you're offering. And so, like, I think it's really about making that choice to feel good about what you're doing and to look for the people who who want it rather than trying to convince all the people who don't. Like, you don't have to fight for it. it, You just need to find your people, like put yourself out there in in a clearer way and feel good about what you're doing. So that signal's going out, and it's attracting back the right people. That certainly feels better than pushing. <coughs> yeah. 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 Feels I want to ask, Teresa, how did you, because you, when it's your mom, like that is such a 
that's a real that's a that's a strong bond like no matter what your relationship is with your mom it's like the mother bond and so how did you deal with that uh not very elegantly <laughs> <laughs> you know i i would love to say you know i would love to say that i'm one of those people who's always compassionate and always kind and kindness and compassion is very important to me um but you know i'm not a perfect human being and oftentimes i can respond uh, in a way that really is a little bit harsh. And I think there were some disagreements. There were some arguments. There was a lot of eye-rolling going on. And I would, you know, just really be sometimes a little bit dismissive and just be like, you know, Mom, this is BS because you're lying. Don't lie. So I'd often call her on it and call her on the being dishonest thing. And so I didn't really respond really that well. And, you know, now looking back, it probably would have been better for me to really think about why is she feeling like this? Why? Why is she not excited about what her daughter's doing for a living, but instead she's feeling like this is something embarrassing? Well, my mom lives in a very conservative area. You know, so out there, yeah. what you yeah. guys have to understand is when people hear your daughter's a tarot reader, that's like saying your child is Charles Manson. Yeah. So that's really what it comes down to. So no, I didn't really respond very well at all, and it's not a—it's <laughs> really not a good thing to say. But you know, I—I I think that it's interesting too because it feels like a lot of your response, like from what you've just said, was about honesty and truth. And in our years of being friends and working together, I know that honesty and truth telling are two of the things that you really value in people. Yeah. So I think that's like that's an interesting thing too is how we stand in that in what's true and in what's in alignment with us. You know, even if we don't do it like elegantly all of the time, maybe that was really young Teresa like finding her way. Right. And trying to find my voice and to deal with it. But again, looking back now in hindsight, it's like, you know, she was in a really rural conservative area. Of course. Yeah. You don't want to tell people this is what your kid is doing. Of course. Of course, yeah. I would be different. I'd be like throwing it all out in people's face, but I'm not <coughs> my mother. I'm not my mother. So. Yeah. Well, that actually segs really beautifully into our next question, which is, uh, Miss Leah, what is your advice for people who do unconventional work in conservative locales, like Texas, for instance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that nobody's down there. I live in Texas. (laughs) Just throwing that hypothetical out there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's a tough question. I think that you there's a balance where you respect your, you know, you you're being real with your like where you live, what's like. I don't know what's possible. That's not a good way to phrase this. Um, you need to be real about, like, where you live and the community you live in and, like, who you're dealing with, first off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and, like, you probably wouldn't want to, like, walk down the center of town, draw a big pentagon, um, you know, and be like, hey, what's up, you know. <laughs> Although maybe, maybe. But, um, but I think that, like, I've found that, if I'm acting, if I if I feel like I'm a freak, because I'm pretty, I've been very freaky in my life at different periods, definitely very <laughs> different than everybody, and but like like tattoos and purple hair and whatever, like walking downtown downtown Boston, it's it's not Texas, but it's the same. Like I am totally different than all the people who are working in the high rises and yes. wearing suits and everything. And I'm walking down the street down there. And people are like looking at me, and some people are going to look at me weird, right? Um, but as long as I'm feeling good about who I am and not responding with um, aggression or hiding, and I'm I'm owning it, I'm centered in who I am, then the people who are interested in hmm, they're picking up some vibe for me, they're going to come talk to me, right? And the people who are not and who are scared of me for whatever reason or think, oh, wow, who's this freak, then they're not going to come talk to me. And I think, like, so when you're 
offering something in an environment that is unlike you <laughs> or that you're concerned about, like that's conservative. Um, I think the more, like, you, you don't go and put it in everyone's face in a in a way that is combative or aggressive. You just hold, like, hold yourself and hold what you offer in a way that's available for people to have it if they want to approach you and ask because I think that the people will find you. Like, I, I'm the best thing that, like, some people are so happy to find me because they're surrounded by conservative people who, like, they've always wanted to get a tattoo and they fantasize about having purple hair, but they could never possibly do that. They don't think they could ever do it because of where they live and where they work and the life they lead. And I am a breath of fresh air for them. And so I think that's true of everybody who has a different kind of business or has something unconventional to offer in a conservative environment or any kind of environment that's different. That there's somebody who wants what you have to offer. And the more approachable you are and the more like the more you're embodying what you have to offer so that vibe is being sent out, the the easier it is for them to find you. And so I think you you know, you go out and you you talk about what you do in a in a casual way without trying to force it down someone's throat. You know, you give like you have hints of what you're doing and trusting that the people who want it will find it. You know, you find a place that you feel comfortable um, being and you you talk to the people there about what you're doing. So I think it's just really about trusting that you're, the people are going to find you that, that want what you have to offer and are going to, like, that you're going to feel good working with. But then you're not, like, aggressively putting it out in front of people who don't want it, like trying to, you know, like, look at me, here I am, I'm proving something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That makes because, total like, sense. Hmm? That makes total sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, I believe, like, <coughs> excuse me, we're here on purpose, right? We live where we live on purpose. We're doing what we're doing on purpose. It's not, none of it's, like, a mistake. It's not, like, random. Like, our lives are all choices we've made that are bringing us to where we're at. And so you're there for a reason, and you put yourself out into the world, and you learn what you, like, you have the experiences, and you gain information and clarity about what works and what doesn't work for you. That's all life is, really, is one big experiment. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be willing to, like, put yourself out there and, and, like, see what works and what works. Sometimes things don't work. Sometimes you learn that, wow, this is not the right place for me to be doing this. But that's good information to have, right? Because you can decide, I'm going to go someplace else and do this. So I think it's right. all like, it's all on purpose. And there's information to learn and experiences to have that are going to help you get clearer and clearer and closer and closer to who you are becoming, who you want to be, what you have to, what you're offering. Right. It's all a big place of, it's all expansion, right? So you need to be willing to like put yourself out there and play with it. And that helps yeah. you to develop that that sense. Then, the more you're doing it, the more you're feeling it. You really begin to get a sense of what's right for you, what's right for your audience, what's the best way to present yourself. Yeah, uh, it's almost like an intuitive way of doing things. You're feeling your way out there. Would that be yeah. correct? Yeah. So then, how? I know you're a pretty intuitive guy, <laughs> and. And Bree and I are kind of intuitive people, too, in case you didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I think I probably speak for all of us that we use our instincts a lot, not just in how we're presenting ourselves or what information we're bringing out there for our audiences, but also in business decisions. So I'd like you to tell our audience how your inner knowing helps you to make your business decisions. <laughs> Well, I'm at the point now where I can't do something that I don't feel good about. <clears throat> I like I just can't. Even if I say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, offer this thing." <laughs> it, if I don't feel good about doing it, like it's not in perfect alignment, it just I can't do it. Like 
I just ne- it just never happens. So, um, but it took me a while to get to that place, and like my inner knowing, it's like an inkling. I get this feeling like, oh, it'd be really cool to do that, or you know, um, like I have a new offering that I'm I'm beta testing right now, and this has been something that's been percolating for me for a long time and it's just this thing that was a whisper for a while in my head uh, that got louder and louder and louder until I had to like okay I'm doing this fine it's different than what something anything I've done before and this is what I'm doing now (laughs) so um, so it's just like it gives it's like this inner guidance that just like it tells me like this is where to go this is what to do and I I've learned to totally listen to it. It's ne- like, and I'm not going to say that <clears throat> my inner guidance, my knowing, has always led me exactly where, like, the where I wanted to be. Maybe that's not right. Has always like had great financial rewards <laughs> because sometimes it it hasn't. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. it's made me. It's led me down a path that. I thought was going to be great, and then nothing happened. Like I was like, "Oh, but I learned I learned something that I needed to learn in that process." Um, like when I created Unleash Yourself, which was a program that I ran for like three years, mm-hmm. um, it was as it, I, it was developed. I developed it after offering up this program that nobody signed up for that I spent a lot of money developing and I was like, this is it. Yeah. And nobody signed up. And like, it was a huge blow to my ego. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And it was like, I took it all personally and unleash yourself came out of that realization that, wow, this is uh, like own your own business is like a personal development journey and you can't take this shit personally. Like, yeah, you, you can't like you need to look at it as like everything that happens is information and you pay attention to how you feel when you're doing these things. And you need to like like decide. I, I, I like to call it explore, evaluate, ex- explore, experiment, evaluate, you know, explore what is ever is it interesting to you, experiment around how it works and evaluate how it feels. And mm-hmm. that's like will tell you if you're like where to go, if you're on the right path. And so in in order to do that, you need to be able to really stand back and evaluate, like, the information you're taking in around how things are working for you or not. Like, how do they feel? Like, do you want to do it again? Do you want more of it? Did you feel alive? Did it feel like freedom? So, and those are questions I ask myself, actually, as part of my inner guidance and my knowing. Does this feel more like me? You know, when I do this, do I feel more like me? Some people you say, does this make me feel closer to my source? I think that's a common question people ask. To me, yeah. I am my source, so that's the language I use. I love that. Beautiful. I need you. I dig it. Yeah, definitely. So then from that place, from really like, Tapping into that inner knowing and working from that place, how can you develop presence? And what does it mean to have presence? So, like, we've taken all of this. We're in alignment. We're listening to our inner knowing. How do we then present that online and off, especially for the introverts? Because we have a lot of introverts in the sacred arts, the metaphysical, the mystical field, interestingly enough, a lot are introverted. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, like, put yourself out there? Yeah, and, like, what does it even mean to, like, have presence? Kind of how do you translate that inner state of alignment and attunement externally and for your business and your life across the board? Hmm. I think I think you have to discover what feels good to you to be putting out there, like where the alignment is, because it's easy to get caught up in 
like, like the, the right way to do social media, you know, or the yeah. right way to launch a, a, a project or the right way to uh, roll out a class or whatever, you know, God yeah. knows I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars learning the right way to market my business and it didn't work for me at all. <laughs> Maybe a tiny bit, but um, but what I'm discovering now is that what what works the best for me as far as showing up and being seen and putting myself out there is just talk about things in a way that feels natural to me. Like you find out what like like I I always wait for my inspired action. I guess is a good way to put it. I am clear on what I want to say, and I think that the clarity is really important. Be clear on what you want, what you're all about, what you stand for, what you want to put out in the world, um, how you like, what you how you want people to see you. Not in a manipulative kind of way, but in like this is what's important to me. This is what I stand for. This is what I represent. And um, the more you think about that, and the clearer you are, and then especially if you have an offer, something specific that you're wanting to share, you think about that offer. You, what I call, play with my desire. You think about how awesome it is to be doing that thing. How do you want it to look? How do you want it to feel? Like who? How? Who do you want there? Like, how do you want to roll it up? But, like, it's a ener- it's a really an energetic thing. You're stirring the pot up. You're taking the desire from the air, from your thoughts, and you're bringing it down to reality and anchoring it in by picturing it in your daily life and picturing yourself having it already and living it and experiencing it. And from that, I, I always get inspired to do something, to to say something, to put something out there, to make a phone call, to send an email, whatever. And I let that lead the way. I go on social I used to feel like I had to be on social media all the time. I, I'm that yeah. burns me out. I need like just it's too it's too much. <laughs> so yeah. I go on whatever feels comfortable to me. Like I I you need to let go of the this I have to do this in order to have that. Like got to get rid of that. What what you want to do is feel good about what you're sharing. Feel good about showing up. Feel good about the whole thing. And so I think that's how you develop the presence. Like you feel good. Uh, you only do what feels right to you. And you talk and you talk about in whatever way feels comfortable. Like, you know, if you like to make videos or blog or whatever, in in whatever way that feels comfortable and you put it out there and without the I need to do this in order to have that because that like mucks up the energy because you're believing that you can't have what you want unless you do all jump through all these hoops which is a bunch of crap so yeah I like that I I like the theme of like you just nail it and you draw the people and the opportunities to you Mm mm-hmm yeah, but it's not like sitting on your couch and not doing anything because you got to take some kind of action. For but, sure. Yeah, but it's but not, you know, but whatever action feels right to you in the moment, it should feel comfortable. It shouldn't feel forced because, like, now I'm at the point where, like, I can see someone when they get tip over that place of trying too hard. Like, they're talking about their new thing, and, like, I get like, – I can feel like it starts to get spun out a little bit. I'm like, oh, they're trying too hard. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> like so, and so, so there's like this balance, you know. So then, what is? I think this is going to have to be our last question too. I mean, this has been just phenomenal. But you know, you're talking about trying too hard and all that stuff. What is your advice for mystical entrepreneurs who keep getting in their own way? Because a lot of us do. I I come across people all the time. They're like, it's like, oh my God, it's like you're holding back, or maybe they're trying too hard, or they're pushing, or their negative thinking gets in the way. How do you get out of your own darn way? (laughs) Just keep picturing yourself having it. I I think, like the love, the self love is like the the big thing. 
you know, love yourself no matter what, like through it all, focus on. But it's like a mind thing, I think. The, getting on your own way is a, mi- a total mind game because the reason you're getting your own way is because, you know, your inner critic or whatever you want to call it is convincing you that, like, either someone's not going to like this or you're not good enough or you're not ready. Like, that's the paralyzing thing, so you don't do anything. Or telling you, you need to jump through all these hoops, you have to do all these things in order to have what you want, which gets the trying too hard. And then when you're in that trying too hard phase or jumping through hoops, then you, all you're, what you're really focusing on is not having what you want. You're mm-hmm. focusing on things not working and that you, what you want isn't there yet and how you have to work really hard in order to make that happen. There's a lot of pushing going on. And... I think the the way to get out of your own way is to you got to like jump into seeing what you want is already here. Um Daniel Laporte does some great work with her desire map book and I think that book is awesome like for helping you get into that energy of how you want to feel. Mhm. And I think it's really important in your business. It, your life too, but in your business too. Right. <laughs> to, yeah. Know how you want to feel. Because yeah. everything we do is because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. Everything. You're, you have a business because you think it's going to make you feel a certain way. There's something you're reaching for that's a feeling. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> you want a new car because it's going to make you feel a certain way. Like everything <laughs> from like going and eating an ice cream sandwich <laughs> to um like the partner that you pick, like it's all because there's a, we're searching for a feeling. So if you can tune into that feeling first and focus on that, then it, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities of how to feel that way, which allows you to come up with or to tap into a lot of different ways to have what you want, this feeling, to feel the way you want to feel. And I think in our businesses, we spend way too much time focused on what doesn't work, what's not happening, how what we want isn't there yet, which spins us into this lack mentality and when we really need to be focusing on what feels really good, what am I enjoying, what am I rocking out here, what do I want more of, who do I love working with, you know, like focusing on all the progress we're making. And I think the more you stay can stay anchored into that place and the more you can stay in a place of celebration and appreciation for what you are creating and what you're doing the easier like the, the easier it is to keep some forward motion going and to get out yeah. of your own way <laughs> yeah that that's great you know i just want to i just want to throw one really fast question because we've got to like sign off and just you <laughs> Are you okay over there? I am totally okay, you guys. I'm so sorry. I have, like, we just have crazy allergies right now, and they've all taken residence in my throat. But I'm alive. I'm not being strangled. Don't call 911. Just got to make sure. I just have a real quick little question. I'm going to ask this to both of you guys. In your business, and let's see if you can do this in one line. In your business, are you ever afraid? If so, when? I... Excuse me. Yes, I am sometimes afraid. And when I'm afraid is when I first put something out there. And like you're not hearing anything. Like that moment before, like that little gap of waiting is when I'm afraid. When I'm waiting for something to happen or someone to respond or someone to buy in or anything. But that first initial gap when nothing is happening. What about you, Bree? That's that's really great. I think I can identify with that 100 percent, Leah. 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say to fear, yes, for sure. And that for me, it has to do with not um, not being enough, not giving enough. Like I have a real uh, reputation for over delivering. And I think that comes out of my fear that, like, you know, there needs to be plenty and then some, right, I'm from the South, so, like, I, you know, we feed people, like, too much. And um, 
and and you know not being as excellent as possible like those are standards that I really hold myself to so I fear not meeting those standards yeah I think my biggest fear um, is because I always care about really helping people uh, sometimes I'll send out a reading or do a reading and I'll, I'll just feel like what if I didn't help this person what if this wasn't helpful at all yeah which is such a crazy fear but I do get that from time to time and probably more yeah. often than I'd like to admit, but that worry about what if this doesn't actually help this person. So. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable, vulnerable stuff, guys. Uh, but anyhow, we, we're getting ready to close up here, close up talking shop, close up shop. This has been a phenomenal, just incredibly deep conversation, Leah. And I love hearing, I always love hearing what Bree has to say but I also really dug picking your brain tonight. Bree, what do you think? Oh, very much, Leah. Thank you so, so much. We just, you helped us navigate a lot of these really thorny and deep questions, and I'm so appreciative. And, you know, you very much live and practice what you preach and what you teach, and I think that that's exactly what the takeaway is, is that that's what we have to do. Yeah. Mm. You're a role model for um, a lot of women, no matter what industry you're in, but especially for us who are doing work that isn't, you know, the same old, same old standard conventional thing. So we really appreciate you taking time with us today. This is great. And we've got another really good show coming up next month. Bree, what do we have on the calendar? So next month we're going, and this is going to be great because, Teresa, you just did this. We are going to be talking about public speaking, the thing that more of us fear than death. And we will have the one and only Dr. Michelle Mazur uh, talking to us about public speaking, how it works, what to be aware of, how to address some of those fears that we feel, and why it's really important to our business. You know, if you can't uh, go and present publicly um, if, if that just totally paralyzes you, then your business is a little bit hamstrung because of that. So we want to get down to the bottom of that and, you know, answer questions that you guys have. Right on. And we are going to talk about how to deliver a killer presentation. So hopefully everybody who's listening in next month will get some ideas so they can get up on that main stage or do a podcast or do something where they are bringing their message out to the world loud and proud. And now that Leah has helped us learn how to be ourselves, being able to speak about it, that's going to be part two to really get our messages out there in a powerful way. So once again, um, I really want to thank you, Leah. And Leah, where can people find you? Um, you can find me <clears throat> at leahshapiro.com and on <coughs> excuse me, on Facebook at you can do facebook.com, fly your freak flag, and that's my personal page. And I would recommend to anybody who's listening into the show that if you are looking for a coach that's really going to help you to get out there in the most powerful way and to expand your business or maybe even start a new project or to shift into something completely different or shift into a new way of working with your people, Leah is going to be the gal that you want to hire. So please check her work out at leahshapiro.com and definitely get on her list, look at her products, hire this gal. She is going to help you to be the very best representation of you. So once again, Leah, thank you. And you guys, thank you for being here tonight. We have thank nice you so much, Leah. Up. This was so great. So, so Thanks great. And thank you me. too, Teresa. This was wonderful. It was. And thank you to the wonderful audience. And we had... Nice full little group in there all listening. We still got people on the line, too. Uh, but anyhow, you guys can always find me at Teresa Reed, or not Teresa Reed. My name is Teresa Reed. The the name TeresaReed.com has been taken, and I'm still trying to get that. But you can find uh. me at thetarolady.com. And my beautiful co-host, Bree, where could they find You guys, thanks so much for listening. And this is a really important topic, and we hope you walked away with some valuable insights i know that i have i am brianna saucy and you can find me at briannasaucy.com have a beautiful night good night everybody good night bye